Hello and welcome to a newly rebooted Project HR. As the world changes and workplace expectations continue to shift, Project HR is evolving as well, empowering you with the knowledge you need to take on this new world of work and connecting you with the experts you need to transform your workplaces. I'm Jay Coons, Vice President of Strategic Planning at IRI Consultants, and your host for this episode of Project HR. Today we're joined by my friend and colleague, Robert Mole. Robert is a Vice President and Managing Director for IRI Consultants. In this episode, we'll discuss what has been a summer of strikes, fights, and wins for labor unions, and how you can be proactive about labor, no matter the season. Robert, great to have you here on Project HR. Great to be here with you, Jay. Thanks for having me. So, Robert, before we dive in, you've worked in this arena for quite a while. What attracted you to consulting in general and labor more specifically? Well, Jay, I started my career in public relations and corporate communications, and I got excited about crisis work. Over the years, I developed a niche in labor relations and labor communications, which in some respects are a subset of public relations. So regardless of what we call it, we're talking about how groups of people interact and influence one another. And then during my MBA program, I focused on how public policy impacts business and how business can shape public policy. I remember seeing labor relations courses in the course catalog and thinking, they still teach that? It's so 1950s. (laughs) But the National Labor Relations Board, the Department of Labor, Congress, the Supreme Court, and state and city agencies are regularly modifying public policy which impacts business. And I'm part of a great team that works to help employers with this ever-changing public policy. That's excellent. So this summer has definitely been an interesting one for you then, with so much labor activity going on. What trends are you seeing with unions in recent months? Well, Jay, understanding where we are contextually as a country will help explain what we're seeing in the labor environment in 2023. We went from a robust economic environment in the United States to a severe slowdown during the height of the pandemic. During COVID, frontline workers, particularly in healthcare, but also in retail, manufacturing, and other sectors, felt compromised and treated as expendable by executives and managers making decisions from the relative safety and comfort of their homes because they were generally working remotely. There weren't a lot of ways to spend money during COVID, so people sat on cash, which also became cheap and easy to access when the Federal Reserve lowered interest rates. When our economy began to recover, it heated up as Americans began spending again. The Fed began raising interest rates to get its arms around a rising inflation. And in turn, workers saw their spending power decline. Their dollars weren't going as far as they had only months earlier. This created resentment among workers who wanted greater pay increases. Meanwhile, the pandemic also prompted a lot of people to reconsider their work-life balance. And for some, rethink what they were even doing for a living and where they were living. This contributed to the great resignation. In turn, that has created a tight labor market where employers are having a hard time recruiting and retaining workers, and in some cases are having to mandate overtime and weekend shifts. With a tighter labor market, high inflation, a push for the return to formal offices, unions recognize that now is the time to strike, in some cases literally, to organize and to try to get workers higher pay and richer benefits, as well as better employment terms and conditions. So, Robert, with all of that happening, has there been an increase in elections across the country? There has. In 2023, we're seeing a three-year rise in the number of representation case petitions that unions file with the National Labor Relations Board 
to trigger a secret ballot election. And despite union claims that the process is stacked against them, unions have won approximately 80% of RC elections held every year for the past 10 years. Wow. We're seeing a more assertive position during bargaining as well, as strikes and threats of them across the country, whether it's UPS drivers, faculty, nurses, or others. We're also seeing populations not commonly associated with unions, like medical residents, physicians, and white-collar workers organizing. Plus, we're continuing to see the NLRB overturn case law and establish new precedent that favors unions. That's so much pressure on employers, Robert. And if we add to the fact right now we have four generations in the workplace all at the same time, my gosh, what differences are you seeing with them? And have those differences contributed to the uptick in union interest? Right. So the most tenured are boomers. And then we have Gen Xers, millennials, and Gen Z. And generally, they have different communication styles, different information needs, a difference in their willingness to share personal information, and Mm. different perspectives on how they want to work and the type of relationship that they have with their employer. They want a positive culture, and they want higher wages, richer benefits, job security, a sense of like-minded community, and a voice in how decisions are made. There appears to be more workplace activism today than there has in the recent past. That is really interesting, Robert. So what does this mean for employers? Well, more than 70% of Americans approve of unions. But it's important to note that employee engagement is higher among non-union employees. Mm -hmm. And non-union employees also don't feel like they're missing out on unionization. In (laughs) fact, nearly 60% of non-union workers say they aren't interested in joining a union, but they also won't necessarily attempt to educate or persuade coworkers about the pitfalls of unionization. So employers need to have effective communications and engagement strategies for these different audiences because a one-size-fits-all approach isn't necessarily going to work. So what steps can employers take immediately, because this is such a burgeoning issue, to maintain positive employee relations? Well, the most important step is for employers to take an honest assessment of how they're doing with their employees and whether they are properly prepared for a union organizing campaign. Many employers use employee opinion surveys and poll surveys to gather data. This can be particularly helpful with large and geographically dispersed organizations, but to really get a true comprehensive sense of what's going on on the front lines, leaders need to spend time engaging with employees and not just talking at them, but listening to them and engaging in a dialogue. This type of rounding should be scheduled just like any other meeting on the calendar. At IRI, we also believe in assessments such as a readiness assessment and vulnerability assessments. That's great. Now, Robert, you mentioned a labor relations readiness assessment in the blog article that inspired this episode, and it talks about how important that is. Could you speak to that more clearly and break that down a little bit for us? Yes. So IRI has a multi-step framework for helping organizations to prepare. And this begins with assessments and also involves training, communications, engagement, and other measures. We regularly work with organizations that want to assess their risk for unionization. We commonly see that people are more willing to open up to consultants about the issues in their organizations than they are talking with internal resources. We also help employers develop comprehensive strategies for preparing for an organizing campaign and also for corporate campaigns. Corporate campaigns are multifaceted strategies unions use to drive wedges between employers and their stakeholder groups in an effort to make it easier 
to unionize or attain what they can during contract negotiations. Thank you, Robert. And for those interested in learning more about this topic, where should they go? Well, they could go to our website, iriconsultants.com, and that would be a good place to start. They also could reach out by phone if they prefer, and one of us would be happy to discuss more about this with them. And of course, listeners can always reach out to me as well at jcoons, that's the letter J, K-U-H-N-S, at iriconsultants.com. Robert, thanks for joining us today on this week's episode of Project HR. Jay, it was great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. And to our listeners, once again, thank you for tuning into the pod. Want to learn more? Check out the IRI blog titled How to Navigate This Year's Hot Union Summer at iriconsultants.com slash blog. Don't forget to subscribe to Project HR. And once again, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the reboot. Drop us a line and leave us a review wherever you get your content. That's all for this episode of Project HR. Let's make it a great day at work.